0: Well, hello, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And yes, we are taping this up a little bit earlier today. Actually, we're live a little bit early today because it's Halloween and I'm I'm a realist. You guys are all going to be out getting candy at, at six o'clock and five o'clock when this normally airs. But we have a really great show for you. And I'm excited for you guys to see this because um, it you know, here's the bottom line. It takes balls to run for office in Oregon, especially if you're not. Um, One on the ticket and two in the right party. (laughs) So I've got two people. I don't know where Kyger is in party stuff. I don't care. Neither does he. But um, he's not on the ticket and he's doing a writing campaign. I saw it online and I'm going, I love this man. He's smart Um, and he has passion because he doesn't think he's being represented by the person in charge um and he just happens to be really good friends with one of our sponsors buck sanitary service who's one of our sponsors for tonight's show i'm sure scott will love this one they're like family um but i saw this with kiger and he is a great guy and he's got guts and he's a fitness trainer so he's used to having to put up with being beaten up a lot usually on himself (laughs) so he's going to join us first and then ben idol is a guy who's running for um, the senate out of Uh, District number 19, which if you know anything about district number 19, Ben's crazy. So anyway, because he's a Republican and uh, he knows that uh, he's got a a battle here. Our other sponsors tonight, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. Um, And now is the time to make your appointments because you got to get in before the holidays. People are booking up for the holidays. And uh, he's the guy, he is the crown expert. If you need a crown, I've had two. Kathy's had one, he's the guy. And also our other sponsor, Compton Family Wines out of Philomath. Um, if you're getting ready for that holiday wine, now is the time. Not the holiday wine, like, oh, the relatives are coming. I mean, holiday wine um, for your holiday event, then this is the time to get with them. So we'll have a little bit more from all of them in a bit. But uh, I want to bring uh, Kyger on first, just a second here. So and we're off. Kyger, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Rick. Thanks for having me on. So what is this, Mr. Plews? I, I go online and I see this write-in campaign from this guy who works my butt off in the gym. What, what is,
1: so tell me what's going on with you. Well, just to back up a little bit, um, and you know this about me, but I grew up on the Mackenzie River uh, with my family. Went off to school, moved back up here and started a small business up here a couple of years ago, uh, personal training service. And over the years, I've gotten more and more involved with the local community up here in the McKinsey area. And just in the last few months, started getting more involved with some of these um, rebuilding uh, community projects that have started to pop up and didn't quite realize the inactivity on the county's part um, in the last two years since we had the uh, holiday farm fire up here especially when uh, you look at compared to other counties that experience the same thing around the same time. Um, our rebuild rate is only at like 30%, um, other places like talent, Oregon that had local government infrastructure are closer to like 90, 95% rebuilt, even with more homes lost. And so it's, it's a pretty frustrating state that a lot of people are in. And I just, I continually hear anger, vitriol, and just, you know, sadness from people that they're, they're not being heard by their, their local officials up here. So you're running a writing campaign against Buck,
0: um, who is the current um, county commissioner, Lane County Commissioner for East Lane County. Um, And um, I know during the fires, after the fires, there was a lot of questions because um, a lot of her money came from the environmental community, um, which and and then it's, it's, you know, maybe coincidence, I guess, then that not a lot of rebuilding gets done down by the river and lots of changes made. Um, I, I would guess that's why kids and you're an environmental guy. So am I. I mean, it's like yeah. I hate this whole thing. It's not. But it is this the, the people that really don't want any development on the McKinsey. And this is people's homes. It's where they yeah. live. It's where their families lived. And you're you, you're not feeling like Buck is giving you guys a representation that you need.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that that I kind of saw in the whole thing was. The first issue is that our district is lumped in with south parts of South Eugene as well and by being lumped in, you know, a rural area and an urban area, they're going to require different needs. They're going to need different things. Um, it's a totally different way of living out here than it is in town um, and so it's one of those things where when you have two different areas represented by one individual, It makes it difficult to find common ground amongst everybody, but living as close as I have to Eugene and Springfield my whole life, I also hear the needs of those people in South Eugene. I just feel like I know a lot of people up here feel like they aren't being heard and they're actually being worked against as opposed to being worked with in their rebuild. And that goes hand in hand with what you were saying. You know, there's a lot of things that I know the county doesn't have power to do, but I do know things like... um, You know, recognizing the Blue River byway as a byway as opposed to still recognizing as the old highway, which makes it really difficult for residents and businesses in Blue River proper to actually rebuild in downtown. Those are zoning issues and things like that that can actually be addressed by the county commission and they haven't been. And if they have been, they haven't been taken seriously enough to actually do anything with it. So you guys are a
0: victim of redistricting in Oregon. Uh, when the county commissioner lines were drawn, because what they did is you're supposed to be in, in a community of, of a similar interest. And so what happens in Lane County and has been happening all throughout Oregon for years, and people don't know this is they've been gerrymandering these lines. So McKinsey river people, these are rural folks living out there um, on the river are, and, and people in Cresswell, who are in more rural country are now lumped in with the university of Oregon. Now, what the hell does the University of Oregon and and students and and people that live in that neighborhood have to do with people out there? So that's where you guys feel like you're not getting represented.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's that goes hand in hand with the the biggest issue out here right now and just trying to get people back into their homes. Um, You know, initially there was a good response from the county. You know, I've talked to several really outstanding members of the community up here who are tied into the county. Um, have high have high ranking professional jobs either with the county or alongside the county. And even they can't get emails back, calls back now. Um, again, it just goes back to the whole, you know, you just sometimes want your voice to be heard. Um, if if for some reason the other county commissioners can't come together to see what one of the you know the issues up here, I think again, that's where someone like myself could be of use because you have boots on the ground. you you see it firsthand. you know, my parents lost their house, I lost my house. And so I've seen, you know, the issues that people have had to go through firsthand with the permitting processes up here, with rebuilding, um, and just trying to get their feet back under them, you know, and that's, I I think that just bringing that viewpoint to the table and saying, hey, look, I understand that there's other issues that need to be addressed, you know, in Springfield, in West Eugene, wherever, um, but up here, People are living in trailers, not by choice, but because they can't get permits. They can't get through the county's roadblocks that they've set up, basically, just to get back to a way of living that they
0: know. So, you know, this is a a long shot, right? To do it just. But so here's my my thought. I want to encourage you. Well, first, to voters, if you guys live up in that area or, or are tired of redistricting and all this stuff, write them in. Yep. Um, this guy will shake up some stuff, you know, he'll get he'll get in there and do some stuff. But here's the other thing, Kygerd, now that you've got this stirred in you, you you got to run again. And, and I, get- I know I've had, I've had
1: people and I and I, I plan to that. That is that is a plan of mine in two years. Um, Once I again get more of a, an established foundation under me, you know, get involved with more of these boards. I'm currently the vice president of the Community Land Trust up here. And it's something that is really I'm really passionate about because. Even though i didn't grow up in blue river i think that blue river is kind of that central hub of the mckinsey river and it definitely does need um, to be uplifted and picked back up and put back on its feet and i think something as as simple as i mentioned earlier about the earlier about the uh, blue river byway that used to be recognized as the original highway until they built the highway that went around blue river um that byway has not been changed it's still recognized the highway and that's something that that could definitely be addressed all right
0: Kyger if uh, you guys, when you get ready to vote, just write his name. It is P-L-E-W-S at the end. And Kiger, like tiger, but much more important. But Kiger, with a K. Oh.
1: Tiger, but with a K.
0: Tiger with a All right, he'll do it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Go train. And thank you for doing this uh, and for my mistake. I'll see you later. Hey,
1: I appreciate it, Rick. Thank you so right. much. See you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. <music>
0: thank our friends scott weld and lisa weld at buck sanitary service again friends of uh, the the clue family um, i'm sure he's proud of him for stepping out and doing something like that i got one more commercial i want to throw out there because this brings up great topics for my next guest so just listen ben you'll love this
2: this is dr michael Bratlin from chris dental our response to covid was absolutely wrong we should never have locked down never kept our children from going to school never been required to wear those stupid ineffective masks for years never fired people for not getting vaccinated. Those that were in charge and imposed their dictatorship on the rest of us should at minimum lose their jobs. This November and every election to come, never forget what these people did to us and our children.
0: Oh, how things change, don't they?
2: <laughs> Remember in November, baby, that's what that's what they say.
0: So this is Ben Idle. He is running for Senate district number 19. What he, and, and he has he has had his head examined, and everything's fine. Um, you're taking on a you're taking on a real highly democratic uh, race. Um, why would you Why would you do this, Ben?
2: Because I'm crazy. I, I've never had my head checked. <laughs> 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 Look, yeah, the, the Senate District 19. Just for everybody to know, is the South Portland, Oregon metro area. Okay, so I know you're you're in Montana now. So your reach is is nationwide. But uh, but I'll tell you, this is a very blue district um, and uh, it, it, it encompasses uh, parts of all three of the biggest counties in Oregon, uh, Multnomah County, which is mainly Portland, Clackamas and in, in Washington. And it's a D plus 20 uh, district, which means there's 20 percent more Democrat voter registrations uh, than Republicans. So, yeah, so, I got an uphill battle. So what are you hearing from the Democrats when I mean, you're knocking on doors? What are they saying? Look, they're defecting. Um, This is this is a very interesting race because my opponent, Rob Wagner, is the Democrat Senate majority leader. Okay, so this guy's responsible for shaping Oregon's legislative agenda. So that should give you a a clue as to where this guy is. Okay, because the legislative agenda in Oregon is garbage. Um, And uh, (laughs) and so um, but what the Democrats are saying, you know, it's very interesting. I, I I I I sent. Uh, 50,000 text messages to 25,000 Democrats in the district. Uh, and, and, I, and I knew that I would get a lot of hate uh, hate mail responses. But what, what really blew me away uh, was how many of them reached out to me through email or phone calls. or uh, And I had these amazing conversations with Democrats and um, really, really incredible conversations. And their first questions to me were almost consistent across the board. What's your position? Did you vote for Donald Trump and what's your position on January 6th and what's your position on abortion? So it's very telling uh, that the Democrat Party is is very uh, focused on um, molding their voters, uh, molding their members to be focused on January 6th, abortion and Donald Trump, when those are just the the most uh, ridiculous issues. Uh, facing our state when we have one of the highest crime rates in the country. Uh, We've got one of the highest murder rates. We, uh, Seattle, Jason Ranch just reported uh, yesterday on Twitter that there were 59 murders in Seattle and they were like, this is out of control. Well, we passed 90 last week in Portland. So it's, it's insane. We have a humanitarian crisis in our streets. We've got unfettered crime. We have the most insane public school curriculum that you will ever see in your life. And 60 percent of our kids can't read and write at grade level and 70 percent of our kids can't test proficient at grade level math.
0: So, you know, what's interesting is I was in a, a coffee shop here in Montana and Helena um, yesterday, picked up this little voters. It's like a little voters guide, you know, and since I'm new, I'm not voting on anything that I don't know of what it is because i don't want to screw up montana you know i want to be informed when i do this so i'm trying to learn everything i can but the ones i don't know i'm not participating because i I want to be part of the process here Mm -hmm. but anyway this is a little sheet to help you i open it up and of the four congressional or the four uh statewide seats that were there they ask them certain questions all three questions the first question was about abortion Second question was about mail-in ballots. And the third one I can't remember, but it wasn't one of the top um top things that we talk about either.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: going, how out of touch is this when the real big questions are people want to know what, about, about the economy? They're, they're scared about yeah. the economy and inflation. And, and power, um, heating costs, and what we're going to do this winter. And they're concerned about crime, and they're concerned about borders. Um, you know, and, and all the Democrats seem to be focusing on is the things that they have. I was listening to a radio show, and they're talking about they're just getting the college students. They're just they're hitting that demographic, but fewer kids now are going to college. That's dropping off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, do, do you feel like that this is going to be a good year for people in Oregon?
2: I I do. I think. I think that there's a there's no question a red wave. Um, One of the things that I I disagree with my party about is that one of the largest groups of swing voters in the Portland metro area are registered Democrats and what we refer to as three-four Democrats, meaning they voted in the last three or three or four of the last four election cycles. Um, The lean Democrats have voted in one or two of the last four uh, election cycles. We call them one-two leans, and we reached out to the three fours because the three fours know what's going on. The three fours are participating in their political process, and I felt like those three fours were actually one of the one of the biggest uh, swing groups that we're going to see in the district. And so we hit them really, really hard, and they came back. and I'm telling you, they're voting for me. Um, we we just did a uh, I think right now at this point it's a little too late for polls, uh, but but we just did a, a an analysis of. Um, a, a profile analysis online in terms of like who's who's talking about who, uh, and uh, and then do you need to answer that?
0: No, nope, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, can you keep doing my show for me? I'll get this. This is. I oh,
2: got you, man. I'm sorry, I
0: you. it's I'm sorry, it's, it's President Biden again. He's asking <laughs> yeah. me to switch to generic and stop eating Kellogg's.
2: <laughs> yeah, get your kibble, eat your kibble, and shut your mouth. Yeah, the the <laughs> the. Uh, so so we're you know we reached out to them they came back and they're voting for me and I'm I'm leading Wagner on uh public uh conversation right now 18 to 10 which is one of the rating systems that they're using and and so uh there there is a chance right now that I'm actually up on Wagner by you know anywhere between 1 and 2 points uh and this is in a D20 district and so uh right now like Joanne Hardesty is attacking me on Twitter and and Wagner still won't attack me or do anything he just sits there but um, it's a really interesting, interesting race here. We could we could take this seat, and I'd be the first Republican in the history of the district uh, to hold it in the Senate district. So no Republican has ever held this seat.
0: So you're you're around other candidates because you're going to candidate fairs and stuff like that. Are they seeing the same kind of response from people?
2: Yeah, I mean, there, I think there's a lot of Democrats across the state that are going to switch. Look, I mean. Um, there's too many. There's too many Democrats that know what's going on. There's too many Democrats that can use their own eyes and, and right. see. Uh, we we. One of the things that that I, I've I've realized through these conversations uh, is that the the Democrat Party is they they lead from the top down. Uh, they're very oppressive. They're oppressive in our state. They they've oppressed Oregonians since 2020. They put they put it they put the the boot down really really hard, and they really haven't lifted it up on taxes and cost of living and cost of goods sold all this stuff they're they're oppressive across the board uh they do not care about civil rights they don't care about your first amendment they don't care about your second amendment they want to take your second amendment they want to take your first amendment that's number one these these guys are are so oppressive and you can see it when you you hear it when you talk to the Democrats on the phone they' some of them were, were very concerned to even tell me to say they said hey don't tell anybody I called you and I'm like so, trust me, I, I won't tell anybody you called me because they're afraid of getting canceled. They're afraid if they ask questions exactly. about why is our police defunded, they'll get called a racist. That their friends won't be friends with them anymore. That right. like they'll that they'll lose their jobs. And this is about like why don't we have public safety? And and I and and so um, when don't I talk- you
0: think, don't you think that's sad, Ben? That we've gotten to a place. I mean, I remember when I ran in two thousand eight, I'd have Dem- a lot of Democrats voted for me, or I wouldn't have got as close to Brown as I did. But yeah. but they come up and say you're the first. Republican, I've ever voted for. And I was like, you know, I thanked them, but I thought, God, really? I mean, to me, it's like, what about the best person for the job? And I think they, um, and, and you know, I think what's scary is that an ideology can run an entire state like that and mm-hmm. keep people this fearful for this long and still coming on. And they're repeating the same garbage that they're hearing from the media and Biden and all that. And it's like, how can someone say that this is working when I've got people when I posted about Kramer and some stuff that was going up in price? I was very sad reading through the the comments of people that going, I can't. My grocery bill is up 34 percent and I can't afford to buy stuff. And I don't know where this I mean, there's people out there hurting and you still got people in denial saying it's not happening
2: what the hell it's cultish isn't it I mean it's it's almost like you know you you watch these sho- these shows on like the learning Channel and it's like these people emerge from this cult after you know they're 30 years old and they're just like oh my gosh it's it they, they it, it's so incredible when you're inside and you're and you're oppressed like that it's so, like I'm not oppressed I'm a Republican <laughs> all right so I fight my own party I tell them what I think I, I I'm I, I attack the uh, uh, Tim Cano who's our, our minority uh, leader in the Senate caucus, because he's not helping good candidates. And, um, you, you know, I, dis- I disagree. You, I, oh, good.
0: Ahead. Good. Ahead. Did you read this Sarge Sparky on here? Their favorite quote is, how can you blame one guy? I've heard that three times <laughs> yesterday. Sarge, I just I'm laughing because it's like, or the, the second my fa- favorite second bullshit line is, um, is the one that says, "Well, the whole world is experiencing inflation." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so we give Joe a pass. I mean, yeah, we,
2: and we have all our own independent currencies, of course, too. So, it's-
0: what do you think is making the biggest? Is it is it the lockdowns? Is it the 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 way Brown handled that? Um, you know, by by that heavy handedness? Is it the economy? I mean, what what would you say is the number one thing?
2: Well, in in my district, the number one thing is public safety and homelessness. Um, the other, the, I think, number two, it's number two is really a tie between public schools and um, uh, and 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 cost of living. You know, we have we we already are experiencing a high inflation from from the federal government's out of control spending and printing of money. Uh, and and in Oregon, they passed a tax last year called the CAT tax, and it's a gross revenue tax on businesses that make over a million dollars. So this is Every generate gross sales of a million dollars, so it's not a lot uh, in that in that uh, in that you know scale. Uh, so basically, it taxes every business throughout the supply chain. So you're getting this taxes compounding through the supply chain for all the commodities that we depend on: our energy, our food, our medicine, our clothing, uh, everything. And so uh, that's we have that happening in Oregon on top of uh, the carbon taxes and all these other things that they, they, they add on to the gas prices and stuff like that. So we're, we're paying, we're the fifth most expensive state to live in in the entire nation, okay? And we're Oregon. We have half the population of Washington. I mean, it's so crazy. We have half the population in Portland that we do Seattle. And Seattle's at, at 58 murders. We're at 90. I mean, it, you, you, you can't, you literally, you have to be so purposeful to destroy and wreck a, a beautiful city and to wreck a beautiful state. It has to be done on purpose. This is all by design. It is obvious. And so they're, and they're going to keep going. Now they want to bring in, uh, 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 they want to pass a, uh, a measure that that grants uh, healthcare for all as a, as a right in our, in our constitution and it's premium healthcare. So that means that all the people that work in healthcare who, make up about half of the 25 uh, highest paying jobs in the state are going to have to leave because they won't be able to afford to live here anymore because they're going to be paying the taxes on top of what they already pay for 90 percent of everybody's health care in Oregon. It's going to crumble and destroy our entire system. And I think it's the mandates. I think it's the lockdowns. But I'll tell you right now, it's the tax um, and, the, and, the, and the mandates that have really crippled our state because people flee from our state because they don't want to get the MRNA shot it happened to our medical community. Our hospital systems crashed.
0: What it's it's amazing to me that, um, and maybe I just have a weird gene. I don't know, but you know, it's like, don't, don't, I, I always have felt that Oregonians, especially when you get East of Bend um, and South of Eugene and, you know, West of um, like over in Sherman County and that they're rugged individualists. It's like, mm-hmm. don't tell me what to do, but we've got this whole bunch of people that, that you saw during the, the, the pandemic that just, they wanted to be told what to do to be safe when it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, how can you life isn't about, you can't, you can't legislate everything to death. And it's like, it is sad because Oregon is such a beautiful place but it's turned into a place that it's unaffordable for most people. And how many, you know, why do we have so many homeless people in Oregon?
2: Well, the reason why is really straightforward. Uh, we the, In 2020, the voters passed measure 110, which legalized hard drugs like fentanyl and meth and heroin. Okay. Well decriminalized. So in other words, you get a $80 ticket if you're caught with fentanyl or heroin or meth or whatever. And so what that does is it brought all the the, the, the cartels here which they already were coming here because we're a sanctuary state and they can use slave labor to grow weed and everything else, which is what they do. And and all these people came to Portland uh, to be homeless because they also passed laws. Wagner passed Measure 110, by the way, uh, without appropriating the funding for treatment. So measure, the measure itself was written as to legalize hard drugs and then to finance the treatment programs for drug addicts. But they didn't Passed the bill with appropriation of funding for the treatment program. So, oh, not in Oregon. You mean no, a program
0: that's not that's mandated but not funded? That yeah, but the voters
2: happened. voted to fund it, and so when they passed the law, they edited the funding out of Measure One Ten for treatment. So all the voters got sold. A it was a bait and switch. I mean, literally, you could they could they should be facing federal charges for for bait and switch. It's illegal. So um, so anyway, they did that. And then uh, the city of, and then Rob Wagner, my opponent, the Senate, the Democrat Senate leader, he passed two other bills uh, that uh, made it so they prevent the state itself prevents local municipalities from clearing homeless camps off public property. Then Portland jumped on top of that and passed Title 33, which uh, made it so that you weren't allowed to camp 10 feet from a doorway, which means that it's legal to camp 10 feet from a doorway. They all did it together, but it all starts in the state legislature.
0: So 114, that's going to be a cluster screw. Oh, big time. (laughs) Because it's probably going to pass because I've talked to so many people and they they make it sound all rosy and pearly like it's going to solve the problem.
2: Yeah. You know what's going going to happen? happen? There's going to be more gun violence in Portland as a result. Because what happens when 114 is a ban on guns. So what they've done is they've required you to have a live fire. You have to get a license to have a firearm just to have it in your house, not a concealed carry, you know, just a firearm. Okay, and then hold,
0: hold for a sec. And the sheriff's departments don't have the money to set up that program, and you can't have that program until it's set up. And so nobody can get a gun until that program's set up. And it has to be
2: funded. They just defunded the police across the state, but the police have to give you a live fire training, and then you can get your license. But there's no funding for the police to provide those trainings. It's, it's such a bad bill. It is so illegal. It's an egregious violation of Second Amendment rights. It's, it's going to cost somebody $5 million to go take them to federal court. I mean, it's it's an absolute, it's nuts. And what's going to happen is, is that every time Oregon has legislated more gun laws, our gun violence drives up. Those two things are connected because uh, because the criminals, you see, they don't give a crap about Gun laws. They don't care about carrying a firearm into a school if it's a no if it's a gun free zone or they don't care about having a stolen gun and shooting somebody with it. That's not their issue. They don't care. But I care. I don't want to go to prison for a year because I carried my firearm to pick my kid up from elementary school. And and so the, the reality is, is that you're you're turning law abiding citizens into criminals with these gun with these gun bills, but you're doing nothing at all to actually p- get the criminals off the streets and take away their guns. Nothing. They do nothing. And so and it's even, an absolute, it's just, it's awful. Do you think that's, th- that seems to happen a lot in Oregon where mm-hmm. you
0: have feel good legislation that that really doesn't attack a problem, but it makes everybody, the lawmakers and especially with the supermajority, feel like they've done something. And then the public votes for it and feels like, look, we're the first one that's done this. And then what it is is it comes back and bites us in the ass because it really didn't do anything. And yeah. what we need to do is stop maybe feeling good about things and, and go in and do the hard things that really have to happen. Like, yeah. really go in and provide some mental health services um, in the schools so that we can find these kids before they're going in and shooting at people. Um, yeah. And then, and then up, up, you know, I'd rather be having a, a gun on me. And protect myself and other people around me than than being without a gun in a room with somebody firing and I can do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah,
2: I I carry I carry my firearm everywhere I go. I don't care what the signs say, you know, because I because I will I will be damned if something happens and I didn't leave my I left my firearm because you know I don't want to get arrested and go to jail for a year. Um, I want to save lives and I want to protect myself. And I'll tell you this, it, it all comes down to this: what the Democrats in Salem did. Was they defunded the police, they prevented, they passed bills and sale to prevent the police from keeping communities safe. And now they're taking away your right to protect yourself and keep yourself safe. So they won't let the police protect you, and they won't let you protect you either. But the criminals, they have free reign. Uh Wagner passed um, SB 48, which was the bail reform bill. Now the bail reform bill, which passed last year. Uh, is the bill that made Measure 11 offenders, people who are arrested for armed robbery, rape, murder, aggravated assault, uh, it made it so that law enforcement agencies did not have to hold uh, those people on bail. And so that's what led to Mike Schmidt being the the district, the rogue district attorney in Multnomah County from, from doing the catch and release. So now Mike Schmidt can catch these people who are, are rapists or armed robbers or whatever, and they can let them right out that day uh, because there's no bail. Uh, and that was another bill that Rob Wagner passed last year. Now, in the Willamette Week debate, we, we met in Willamette Week a couple of weeks ago, and we had a nice discussion that's on my website that's super funny. You should watch it. I destroyed him. Uh, and, uh, and he um, uh, he, um, uh, he couldn't recall the bail reform bill at first. And so I pushed him. And then I pushed Willamette Week journalists. And they're like, "Well, we didn't know about that. And I'm like, well, look it up right now on your computer right now on my website. Go. And, and they and I said, go to Benel.com and look it up. And they look it up and they come back and they go, dude, he's not kidding. This is a straight up bail reform. Measure 11 criminals are able to be released. And so they're like, well, Wagner, why don't you explain yourself? He goes, well, now I kind of remember. But, you know, it's a complicated lobby with the Association of District Attorneys. And I'm like, the Association of George Soros District Attorneys? What are you talking about, man? And and he he was like, well, I'll, I need to have an independent review. And I was like, you want an independent review? Let's go walk around the block. I mean, this is 21st in Overton. <laughs> I was like, let's go walk around the block. You Wait, don't, you don't
0: have to go far. It's not like you got to drive to Coos Bay.
2: I was like, wow. Well,
0: so what? Do, you, do you think that's what's finally starting to, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't live there anymore. I just yeah. see things. And, you know, I heard uh, Tina Kotek's new ad, which was, I'm, I'm sure it's very effective. Um It was playing on Pandora or something saying a vote for Betsy Johnson is a vote for Christina Drazen because she's trying to get those Democrats who are going to vote for Betsy um, to come over and vote for her because obviously she's pretty nervous. She had Bernie out um, (laughs) and, you know, all those people out. So it's and it's still pretty nip and tuck in that race, I would guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody's going to call that one yet.
2: Well, I I think it was I think. Drazen was up a few points and then Johnson had like 8% of the vote right now in terms of the polls. So, so, I mean, it, it, with that, you know, it, it steals it from Kotek, which is fantastic. I mean, Tina Kotek and Rob Wagner are, are the, are the equal leaders of their respective right. um, portions of, of, con- of our legislature. Right. So Wagner's the Senate leader and Kotek was the speaker of the house. Uh, these people worked with Kate Brown uh, 100% to maintain lockdowns illegally uh, to to pass these um, you know these uh, you know tyrannical bills and laws and 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 the infringements on our our state constitution let alone our federal constitution our our, our United States constitutional rights was absolutely egregious and these people aren't going to stop uh, their 2023 agenda is insane one of the bills that's sitting in committee right now for 2023 is a total legalization of prostitution and pimping can you believe that. <laughs>
0: So you mean that the media will be able to do more?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, like, Week, like it has
0: to be legal. As I think we're already <laughs> getting screwed.
2: hundred <laughs> percent. It's so true. Well, Lamb Week, uh, if you go on their website and you see what they wrote up about our debate, uh, they said not one positive thing about Wagner because <laughs> they couldn't. I mean, if you watch it, you're like, this guy just got obliterated. He just couldn't answer to anything, and, and he had a choice between looking evil or looking uh, completely stupid, and he chose stupid. But the guy's evil, um, and 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 so he he you have to you have to know they go through this whole thing, and then at the very end they go, but still he warrants your vote. And so they endorsed Wagner and I got a text message from somebody at Willamette Week, an insider. And he said, yo, Ben, dude, we had to give Wagner that endorsement. It wasn't a choice. We had to do it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm sure you did.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, when I ran, it was like, Oh yeah. I think, I mean, I think I got five endorsements from rural papers and Yeah. everybody else would, you'd walk in. I, I even had papers that didn't talk to me and they endorsed Kate Brown and I'd be going, so I'd call him up and go, Eugene Weekly was one of them, one of my biggest fans. And I'd say, you guys didn't even have a conversation with me. We don't have to. You know, no. a, local, a local business in Eugene that I used to go into all the time, love the owner, nicest people. Um, I walked in one time and I saw all the pictures of all the Democrats on the wall, including Kate Brown. And I walked up to the owner and I said, how many times has she been in here? And she looked down and she goes, she hasn't. And I said, how often am I in here? And I said, so you know me and that's what I think is so wrong in Oregon, because Mm -hmm. that's not um, not because I'm a customer. You have to vote for me, but because I had a different letter in front of my name, it made me they canceled it. We didn't have the word canceled back then, but it was basically canceling people. And I think I hope to God that not only Americans, but Oregonians are ready to go. You know what? I want good people. I don't give a shit. If you're a Democrat or a Republican or an independent or a Green Party, I want good people who are going to represent me, not create laws that make them look like they're doing something and end up putting me. And, and, you know, the thing about 114 that really pisses me off is it's going to end up in court and millions of dollars of Oregon taxpayer dollars are going to be spent fighting this thing or fighting
2: money. It's going to be private donors that fight it.
0: Right, but but the state is going to have to fight. Oh, the state, yeah. the mm-hmm. state. That's not not mine anymore. That's your money. Fighting to keep a bill that isn't even really real. I mean, it's not going to do anything. That is what such horseshit. And I think people don't open up their eyes and go, you know, we, you want to help the homeless? Stop, to, stop messing around with frivolous lawsuits on timber sales on gun laws on Mm -hmm. all this stuff because it doesn't fit your ideology and instead let's figure out what we really want to do in oregon i would bet the number one thing would be crime and homelessness so let's figure out real answers and 114 fighting that from the state level only takes money away from that so guess what we don't do it i mean you got to come up with priorities like any business would and say this is what we're going to do so hopefully ben people like you and others get in there and can you know put some some sense. Um, there's no such thing as common sense because sense is not very common at all. But put some sense into people and just do the right. I mean, what happened to doing the right thing? Yep. You know, and and yep. and, and I don't mean ideological right thing. I mean taking right, care right of people. Thing. Right. And when you're spending money, and people are, and w- when your policies are creating inflation, which are creating families to suffer. That is not doing the right thing for people. That's a tax. Your ideology is trumping, and I don't mean Donald, but it's trumping that what your real concern should be, which would be the people of this country who are suffering. But they really they say they want to help the poor and they don't give a shit about
2: that. Oh, they they don't care at all. You you have to understand, you're so right. You have to understand what the Democrat Party is today. It's the central, it's the central managed economy. They don't want to take on the big tech um, oligarchs who are, are who are, uh, you know, that have monopolies over all the data uh, in the world like Google and Facebook and these big companies. They, these would have been broken into smithereens uh, by the government that believed in free markets. Uh, and, and, and so they work with them side by side uh, and use them, literally use them to shut down their political opponents, which is what right. they've done with Twitter and what they've done with Instagram when we had there's an Instagram page called Portland Looks Like Shit. And it had, I don't know, 750,000 followers. And there's public records requests that messages were sent, emails were sent to Facebook and Instagram uh, um, officials from the city of Portland requesting that it be shut down prior to it getting shut down. It, it's absolutely crazy. And all, all Portland Looks Like Shit did was they just took videos of how shitty Portland looked. It was like walking down the street. And, right. and I mean- there was nothing untrue. It was just this is what it was. So these people are working together. They're all about their own power. They are coming in from the top down. They're punching down. When Kate Brown did the lockdowns and all this crazy stuff, she's punching down on on Oregonians and on the and, and today's Republican Party is the people coming together and punching up and saying, "Nope, you're out of here. You're out of here. You're out of here." And 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 we are we have a bigger tent party. And we're looking to solve the real issues. There was a, a blue.
0: Let me throw something in just as a yeah. this is Just because it's me, um, I'm not a party guy, <laughs> you know. And I my 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 warning always is: I don't like a super majority of Democrats, but I don't want a super majority of Republicans either. Because I think anytime yeah. somebody gets in the power like that, and you know, all of a sudden you start doing things, you you can you can run run Raj you know over over people and. And so I, I just want to throw that out there because I think- I
2: agree with you. I, I actually totally agree with you. Um, Willamette Week referred to me as a social liberal. And, and I really appreciated them saying that because it was, it was nice. They said I, my politics were pretty, but I was like, have you seen Portland? <laughs> my politics are not pretty. Like, I don't know. Uh, but, but they referred to me as a social liberal because I am. Uh, I fully believe in live and let live. I do not have a, uh, a religious agenda that I'm bringing to politics. Um, I, I really respect arguments on both sides when they're good arguments, and I want to hear from uh, from people. I've been doing this since I founded Free Oregon in 2021. We, were Free Oregon had a third, a third, a third. We had a third Democrats, we had a third Republican, a third non-affiliated, and I and all all these um, Oregonians were constantly in communication with me, and uh, I've learned a lot about what really matters to them, um, and I think that's what really sets me apart from uh, from 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 me being. Uh, against Rob Wagner because he is a partisan hack. And also the, the Republican establishment in Salem is terrified of me. They haven't given me a penny. They've spent a uh, million dollars on bad candidates uh, that they need to spend a million on just to be uh, the same position I am, but they're not in a D20 going after the Senate leader They haven't given me any support whatsoever because they know that if I do win this seat, I'm going to come shake up the la- the leadership in, in Salem. And i you know, so I, I agree with you 100 percent. We have to look at the issues and we have to solve the issues and we have to do it right. If, if we get a chance as Republicans uh, to have some power in Oregon again, then we have to take we have to care for that uh, with with kid gloves. We have to be so careful and responsible with that power. And we have to make sure that we truly solve these problems and we can show in the next election cycle, look, we brought homeless down. We brought the cost of living down. We've brought more jobs back. We've had more freedoms. We have people are happier. Um, you know, there's a dark veil in, in Oregon. It's sad. It's a heavy weight. It's a darkness over our you state. See,
0: I think there's people that that don't. I mean, when Kathy and I came back and I don't talk about this very often, but I'm talking more about that kind of stuff because I just I, I'm kind of to a point, Ben, where I just I just don't care. That's um, now what people think it's like, you know what, this is what I feel. But when Kathy and I came back it saddened us because you feel, you see people, their faces are more withdrawn and, and yep. not everywhere, but I'm saying certain places and you see this, this look, you know, this thing and Kathy and I looked at each other and we went, that's why we had to leave. I can't live in that kind of atmosphere. And I hope to God that that changes for, for you guys, because, um, you know, I, I think it can. I, you know, that's what I think I do I mean, too. Because Oregonians are like such cool people. And then of you course. bring in you bring in this um this I I ideology and agenda. And it's okay. I mean, I loved what it, we lived in Eugene at Springfield for you know f- almost 30 years. And it's like, yeah, there's some, you know, I'll never forget. I'm having fun talking to you. I, I love I'm, it. I'll tell you a story. I'll never forget. I was in a debate with Kate um, Brown, 2008, we're both running for secretary of state. It's just, it's not really a debate. It's like a kind of a debate on OPB on one of their morning shows or something. And so we're sitting outside the door before we go in and Kate, we didn't have any staff and I don't want to know why usually I already had a staff person there, but we did it. And she looks over and she goes, I hate doing this with you. And I'm like, why? And she goes, cause you know exactly what to do and what to say. And, you know, the camera comes on, you just know what to do. And I'd never debated before, you know, professionally, you know, um, but I'd been on TV forever. And I said, um, I thought, first of all, my first thought was, why would you tell me that before we go into this? Cause now I'm feeling really good. And, yeah. you know, and the second thing I thought is you can't, you can't say exactly what you want because you're beholden to unions and parties, Republican party like you, they didn't like me. And they, you know, they, they, they were not giving me a bunch of help. And, um, and so, and anyway, so we get into the debate at the very end comes up and this really cool guy, kind of a hippie dude from Eugene. And I, he, his name's Moshe, which is Moses. And he and I went to coffee one time and talked about a carbon tax. I'd never heard of it. It was new idea back then and he, talk to me about this car so i just i wouldn't listen i didn't you know i i didn't agree with them completely but i thought okay well, here's an idea you know it's all new so we're in the the, the debate and he says to kate you know what do you think about this carbon tax well she hymns and haws and dances all around it you know and um really bad answer because she didn't you know she didn't stick her foot anywhere and then all of a sudden we had 30 seconds left and i go hey Moshe, and he goes yeah rick how you doing I'm going, this is on you know, live, all statewide radio. And I go, good. And he goes, remember when we went out and had coffee and talked about my carbon tax? I said, yeah. He goes, when you get done with this thing, let's go sit down and we'll have another cup of coffee and do it. And I said, you know, Moshe, I would love that. That's a great idea. And then they go, five, four, three, two, no chance for Kate to say anything. Bam, it's over. Thank you for being here, you two. The OPB host looked at me, Kate <laughs> looked over at me, and they... But on the way home, Jack Roberts, who was helping me, said, oh, my God, you just kicked her ass because here's this hippie dude who's talking to her. She won't even answer him. You've already been to coffee with him, a Republican talking about a carbon tax. And it's like because you showed your real life, you were Mm -hmm. living it. And it wasn't about an ideology. It was about this guy wants to talk to me and I'm going to go listen, because how else do I learn? And that was like my favorite thing that happened, well, my second favorite, that happened in the campaign, but that was really, really funny. The other one I can't tell publicly yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: So how can people find you? And um, the, the best thing you can do, folks, is share this video. And also I posted Ben's um, address on there so you can have the debate. Take that if you're impressed, post that out there too. So you yeah. get people to see him. But I mean, and, and always, you know, I mean, dollars and cents matter, right? They really do. I mean,
2: we're, 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 uh, we're, we're reaching voters all the way through election day. Um, that, that's our goal to get out the vote. We need every single vote. Um, again, like I said, in the beginning, we're about 1% up and that's our estimate. So we have to have a much bigger margin than that. And anything could happen. It's, it's just a tight, cl- it's a close race, uh, but the, those debates uh, send those out there. They're YouTube links. You can share them. And I pieced it out into seven different uh, videos so that you can, you can you know, take spoon spoonfuls of it. They're short. They're two to four minutes long, but they will you will love them when you watch them. I roast this guy, tear him to shreds. And he's just completely helpless uh, because I just I just stung like a butterfly and dance like a bee or stung like a bee and dance like a butterfly. <laughs> I was, whatever it was, it was he was getting smoked. So you got to watch it. It's just totally entertaining.
0: So you know what my biggest hope is—not not the red wave. I mean, I hope that you know that the change happens and all that. I'm not just dying for it, but I hope that Oregonians in this election—and um, and I, I mean, this is people all over the country—but especially because Oregon's my my, my former hometown tam- state. Um, but I hope they realize the power they have. I think I think the the dark time um, under the under the Brown regime. Um, she took away our guts she took away our freedom. Um, It took away our, the balance in our life. It took away a lot of friends of mine because, because of one thing now, all of a sudden I was a killer. Um, When how many people did they possibly pass some disease on that died of that in the last 30, 40 years? And they don't know. And all of a sudden, I hope we as Oregonians um, see the power that we have, And that and we can put this back together, that we can understand that one party rule doesn't work and it's terrible and that we need to come back together and that you're not right and I'm not wrong and I'm not right and you're not wrong. We come together and kind of find like the old Mark Hatfield days when you you Mark Hatfield used to come into a room and they had Republicans and Democrats and he was in charge of the Senate Finance Committee and he'd look at him and he'd say, I'll be back when you have an agreement. He'd walk out the door and they came up with a compromise because they knew he wouldn't let anything out that door without bipartisan report, which would be
2: that support. I, I cannot agree with you more. That would be, that is what we need. We need to have this back. We have been divided and conquered in Oregon and we have the power. The people have the power and uh, it's crazy. We can take this government back. So we have a government for and of the people.
0: Yeah. And we could be neighbors again. And yeah, we, can, right. we can appreciate weird Portland can be weird Portland, but it doesn't uh-huh. have to be trash to shit Portland. It yeah. doesn't have to be crime ridden Portland. Weird and crime ridden are not the same thing. Weird used to be 15, 20 years ago when you'd see, you know, people like you and me walking down the street talking to people like, you know, everybody else. And it was not a big deal. And now it's like we have to be on opposite. It's like we've we've had segregation between parties and oh, you're one of them, you know, and it's like that's going to stop. It has to in Oregon. And if people don't like it, I guess they could just go away. They could leave.
2: That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> tell you what, I don't experience it in Montana. No nope. people here just, they don't care. Nobody talks about what party they're in. Um, you talk about life, you talk about your concerns, you talk about your community, you go to a prayer breakfast and, you, and, and people don't, um, nobody's making, there's not people parceling off and stuff like that. Even the paper, the little paper in our town is really fair. There's two of them. One's super conservative and one's a little more middle of the road, you know, but everybody, everybody just reads it and goes, okay, that's what's going on. It's not a big deal. So yep. I hope Oregon can get back to that. That would make everybody happy. Ben, I thanks, do too. For, thanks for doing what you do, man. You got guts. Hey, and you I'm, got guts. Thanks I'm for be, be doing it too. Hey, I'm going to be sitting there on election night watching Betsy and Christine and you and all these other people that I know that are doing this. And Wouldn't yeah. it be fun if somebody like Kyger, who just came on here, like if somebody like that could actually get written in mm-hmm. and, and blow everybody away, that would be a powerful thing.
2: Love <laughs> that. I love that. He's a smart guy. Write him in.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would if I could. I, I'm not there. Too. Hey, buddy, thank you. I'll talk to you later.
2: Thank you very much, Rick. Good I'll to see you. See later. You.
0: All right, that's Ben Idle up in the Portland area. Um, gutsy man running for office. Um, our, another sponsor, we can't do this without sponsors. And if you're interested in a sponsorship, let, let us know. Uh, we got people all over Oregon. We're picking up people now here in Montana, doing all kinds of stuff that way. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in, you know, w- yeah, I've come out a lot more on uh, the Republican side these days. It's because I've seen what's happening on the far, far left. Um, but I'm not, I'm not anti-left. I'm just anti far, 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 far left. And I'm, you know, like I told you before, my wife and I learned during the pandemic don't tell me what to do. Another one of our sponsors, Compton Family Wines. And it's harvest time in the Willamette Valley. And uh, we got this little video. It's, I think this is really fun to watch because you kind of see the process and how that all works. So Compton Family Wines. Oh, and if you do go there for a tasting, they're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, noon to five. Um, mention my name. You get a free flight and you get $15 off your first two bottles of wine or more.
1: But right before you pick them, they should start to loosen a little bit so you can turn them and they'll shrink. We have a crew picking Pinot Gris. crew that was picking this morning they said the fruit looked great but also they had enjoyed picking the vines because our lambs come through and cleaned off the lower portion so it was really easy for them to pick so they're enjoying the fact that it's a clean easy fast pick for them because they get paid per bucket pinot clones Pinot Noir Pinot Gris mutate on the
2: vines and that's why we have Pinot Gris Pinot Blanc Pinot Noir
1: bin dumper and conveyor belt takes it up to the press. Here's is way
2: more fun when you do it
1: though. The berries are on top, you push the berries down. It's called a cap, so once you're breaking through, it's kind of hard to get through.
0: Again, that's Compton Family Wines. We also want to thank Bucks Sanitary Service for their support as well, and Chris Dental Family Dentistry. I want to throw one more thing in there. Um, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Centers having their big sale of the year coming up on November the 26th. And so we'll be telling you more about that, but if you are looking at hyperbarics or light treatment um, by therapy, uh, this is the time of year you can buy, they're on a special, and you can buy as many as you want for the last year for the whole year. So that I'll be telling you more about later on. Um, share this on your page, let other people see it. Um, the gods at social media don't always like what we talk about, so they sometimes try to throttle us back. They don't try, they do. Uh, so it's up to you and us to boost it. So uh, we appreciate your help in that. All right, have a good night. Um, happy Halloween and tomorrow night. What do we got going on tomorrow night? Oh. oh, tomorrow night is our new uh, You Ask the Question" show. It's just me talking about stuff and then you guys get to ask questions. We had a huge response to that. And so we're going to try doing that once a week, usually on Mondays. But because of Halloween, we try to do it this way. So and then on on Wednesday, I'm going to challenge you. We're going to talk to a local Eugene or an Oregon author who wrote a book called Leaving the Church to Find Jesus. Um, I'm in the middle of reading it. It's a fascinating read, and it's going to piss some of you off, but it's a really good book. It's very interesting. And on Thursday, Kim is going to be talking to, who did she tell me today? Oh, the veterans folks in uh, Albany have one of the largest veterans parades in the country, and she's going to be talking with them on Thursday. Bill London will be here on Thursday and much, much more. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye.